so Jeff spilled the beans, and I, I, I was gone uh, for the better part of the week, and I mean both quality and quantity uh, this week. I was in Nashville doing what one does when your spouse or your partner is a, is a keynote uh, at a conference. I tagged along, uh, crashed in a free hotel or Airbnb. I carried the suitcases from the Uber into the Airbnb and then back into the Uber. I made dinner reservations, and I was always prepared to be arm candy when I was called upon. I learned before I went to Nashville that I have a distant relative, like way, way, way back, uh, who found it, who helped found the city. And so when, we got th- when I got there on Wednesday, I was able to go and see the statue uh, that he's there and it commemorates what happened. But ultimately, Nashville is known as the home, maybe not the birthplace, Jeff, of country music. I mean, it's impossible to move throughout the city, regardless of whether you're in East Nashville or down on Broadway, without hearing guitar strings bending. And it really doesn't matter the time of day. On Friday, while Allison was sitting in her conference learning about something that I didn't want to learn about, I had the chance to go to the Country Music Hall of Fame. I mean, the country music has been central to Nashville, Nashville's economic story since the rebuilding of the city following the war. I personally, I grew up listening to country music. I mean, I have family from Texas and West Virginia, so I really didn't have a choice in the matter. I grew up listening to Hank and Willie and Johnny. And then later, once my mom trusted me with the radio dial in the car, and because our sweet 1994 Dodge Spirit had a CD player and a cassette, player, I was able to listen to folks like Garth and uh, Faith and Shania and George Strait. But living in D.C., uh, country sounds more poppy than country at times. Uh, And regardless of how you feel about country music or which uh, category within the genre you prefer, maybe you're on Team Taylor or Team Casey, I mean, you have to admit that the stories buried beneath the southern draws and the lyrics draw you in to the music. Storytelling has been central to country music's longevity. But really, at the end of the day, all music is about storytelling. Songs celebrating triumph, lamenting over heartbreak, commemorating one's favorite dog or broken-down truck. As I moved from exhibit to exhibit of fame, and as I moved from honky-tonk bar to honky-tonk bar, it was the stories that drew me in. The artist's ability to connect with the listener through story is what keeps us tapping our toe, or what pushes us to move further down Broadway to find a storyteller we better connect with. I mean, a good storyteller can make lyrics pop off a page drawing us into where we can't help but want more and more. Our scripture reading this morning, the psalm, it comes during a time when Israel's glory days were behind them. The kingdom of David had fallen and Israel found itself yet once again living in exile. They were aliens. They were aliens in a foreign land, immersed into someone else's story. 
They were immersed into a culture where multiple gods were worshipped. And they were coming out of a society and a faith tradition where God is sovereign. As aliens in a distant land, Israel's story of covenant had seemed as lost as their homeland was. Their story of blessing seemed more distant, and the covenant faded as the pains, the harsh reality of exile became more apparent. They were away from their homes. Families and friends had been separated. What had been known or familiar was lost. I mean, the song practically writes itself. And this would be a song that would... That would, you would not, this would be a song that if you had not experienced deep loss in your life, it would still draw you into the lament of those who had lost it all. And it was in the midst of exile, loss of family and friends and all that was familiar, that this psalm, Psalm 95, was used as a call as they would enter into the synagogue on the Sabbath. Come, let us worship out loud the Lord Let's raise a joyful shout to the rock of our salvation. Let's come before God with thanks. Let's shout songs of joy to God. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord, our maker. Their picture was bleak. Lament would not be unreasonable. Hope all but gone. But... The Lord our God is the great king over all other gods. You may have lost hope because of your current circumstance, but remember the earth's depths are in God's hands. The mountain heights belong to God. The sea is what God has made along with the dry ground. God formed in God's hands. The psalm this morning is a call to Israel to remember that the God who created the cosmos, the God of Abraham and Moses and the great King David, is sovereign. And while many may doubt having lost hope in the covenant God had made with them, the co- that covenant that held the identity, the people of God, all of the people are called to praise God because of what God has done. The psalm is a reminder that while our circumstances may change, God created and sustains each of us. And because of God's mighty acts and because of God's sovereignty, God is still worthy of being praised. There are times when our circumstances may give us pause, distracting us from the larger story that we find ourselves a part of. But the psalmist is reminding us today that our response to God's mighty acts is worship, offering up praise and thanksgiving, being grateful. Grateful because today, regardless of the affairs in your life, the moment that your feet hit the floor and you took in that first deep breath of a new day, it was divine, divine air, divine life that filled your lungs. And while chaos may be swirling all around us, in the melodies we find ourselves Singing sound anything but grateful. The sound of praise and gratitude, worship, that's our default because God has been since the beginning in the business of creating order out of chaos. 
We are grateful for what God has done because what God has done and what God continues to do is bigger than anything we could imagine or anything that we could ever do on our own. Diana Butler Bass, and she'll be here next Sunday. And Here's a little sermon sidebar. Next week is one of those Sundays when you want to invite someone who's like a not a church person to come to church. If you just do a simple Google search of who Diana Butler Bass is, you'll see that she's a, uh, a church commentator. She's uh, an Episcopalian. Don't hold that against her, okay? Uh, and she writes on the life of the church. But she'll be here next week uh, to, to finish out our sermon series. But she mentions in her book, Grateful, that this psalm today for us in 2019 is part of what's called the daily office. The daily office is found in the Episcopal Book of Common Prayer. And it's a, a practice within the Episcopal Church where three times throughout the day there are specific opportunities for worship and prayer. The daily office for the morning opens with Psalm 95. Come, let us sing out loud to the Lord. Let us raise a joyful shout to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God with thanks. Let's shout songs of joy to God. DBB points out that when our day begins, not with what we need or with what we want, but instead with gratitude for what God has already done, the story that we tell throughout the day, it changes. We move from telling a story of despair to a story of joy, even when it seems to others that hope for us seems gone. The practice of grateful worship requires that we change the posture with which we approach God altogether. Rather than using the sounds of bells or gongs or cymbals and mandolins to draw us in, to a posture of worship. We use words of thanksgiving. The sounds of worship can center us, but it is the words that we use when we approach God that changes our posture. When we approach God with thanksgiving, knowing that what was needed has been done by Christ, and all that is left to do is to be part of the kingdom Christ inaugurated when he walked out of that empty grave. We realize the story we've been trying to tell has already been written. It's through God. It's through God's grace that we have been incorporated into God's great story, regardless of the lyrics or the instruments we've been trying to perfect. Because we think we must perfect those first before we might be worthy of the grace that each of us, even you who is doubting it in this moment right now, you have already received it. Worship doesn't begin with a list of what we need or what we want, but instead it begins with gratitude. We are called to live lives of worship, meaning we're called to live lives of gratitude for the mighty acts of God, the work Christ has accomplished on our behalves. Thanks be to God.